Hey guys, Paul Huff, Pastor of Cross Point Fellowship. We are so glad that you have joined us today on our live stream of our church service this morning. We hope that one day you'll be able to join us in-house, but until that day, just know that these will always be available to you. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. Uh, I know this is probably not what you were expecting or hoping for on Easter morning. Uh, obviously, no one could have predicted this a couple months ago that we would all be in our homes worshiping separate from one another on Easter morning. But guess what? Um, God is still God. God has done amazing things. 2,000 years ago, he showed his power by defeating death and the grave. And we're going to celebrate that this morning. I'm so excited to be here with you, leading you in worship. Paul is very excited to bring the message to you this morning as well. And it is Easter, and it is a, a great day. The, earlier this week, actually just a, a yesterday as we record this, we were going over the Easter story with our daughter, Jordan. She's three years old. She's just finally starting to get to uh, understand all the details of the Easter story and the cross. Uh, last year, she I think she grasped some of it, but didn't really understand some of it all, all, all the entire story. But this year, she's starting to get really excited about it, and she's starting to repeat back to us some of the details of the story, which is really cool. And my favorite moment as we were going through the story was when the angels, uh, when the uh, people came to the, the tomb and the angel was standing there, um, they were saying, well, where is Jesus? Where is his body? And the response was, he is not here. He is risen. And I got so excited when I read that. I was almost uh, to tears just just thinking about that moment, about how powerful that would have been for the women uh, to hear that from the angel that he is not here, he has risen. And so we're going to celebrate that this morning. We're going to be singing songs about how God is in control and that God is powerful and that God can do anything that he sets his mind to. And we trust in him uh, during that time. So um, in this time of uncertainty, in this time where we need to be able to depend on a rock, uh, a steady foundation, we can have that in God. So join me in singing uh, this morning. Just encourage you just to look at the words on the screen, let them uh, penetrate your soul this morning as you sing them. Uh, close your eyes and just get into the words and we will celebrate and praise our God this morning. Let's sing together. the weight of life begins to fall on the name of Jesus I will call for I know my God is in control yes he is and his purpose is unshakable doesn't matter what I feel doesn't matter what I see, my hope will always be your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be in your promises to me. As I walk into the days to come, I will not forget what you have done. For you have supplied my every need, everything. And your presence is enough for me. Yes. Oh, it doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter what I see, my hope will always be your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be in your promises to me. Oh, thank you for your promises. We can depend on you. You will always be more than enough for me. You will always be more than enough for me. 
Nothing's gonna stop the plans you made. Nothing's gonna take your love away. You will always be more than enough for me. If you believe it, sing it with me. You will always be more than enough for me. You will always be more than enough for me. Nothing's gonna stop the plans you made. Nothing's gonna take your love away. You will always be more than enough for me. Doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear. For your love has set me free. My hope will always be in your promises to me. Doesn't matter what I feel, doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be your promises to me.
Thank you, God. We can trust in you. We don't have to be slaves to our fear anymore because we know that you are in control. We trust your promises, Lord. We know that you are good and that you will always take care of those, especially those who are of the faith that, that, that are trusting in you and that are following you. Um, Lord, as we open up your word and explore what it has to say to us, help us to remember that you, whatever you say, will, you will do, that your promises always come true. We can trust in that. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to remember this morning that we are children of God and that we don't have to be burdened by fear anymore. We love you. We give to you our time and our attention now. In your name I pray. Amen. Good morning. We are so glad that you have joined us on this Easter morning. Today we discuss deliverance from disaster. Now, maybe you're like me and you're a huge fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe you're also like me and you've seen every movie that they put out. You don't even have to be a huge fan of the comic books or even really know the storylines behind the movies that are being shown, but I just love the movies themselves. And it may not come as any surprise to you, or maybe the number will, but these movies, the Marvel Cinematic Universe itself, has made over $19.9 billion dollars. And when we think about it, it's really not that shocking because there's something about a superhero coming in to deliver people from certain disaster that resonates deeply with us. I mean, which one of us hasn't had a time or situation where we just wish that we could be rescued? Well, I'm here to talk to you today about the greatest superhero of all time, God. See, time after time, God delivers his people from the brink of certain disaster. And if he didn't get involved, they would certainly perish. And so today we're going to be talking about how God in this time and in all times can deliver us from situations where we feel like we are not in control, in situations where we need God to act and we need God to move. I'm here to tell you today that he will do that for you and that it's something that, that God loves to do for us. Now, it may not always be in our ideal time period and it may not always happen in the exact way that we hope it will, but in the end, the victory is God's. As I started this week, I, I was looking at the story of David. And the reason I was looking at the story of David is because David's story of deliverance is so powerful. Time after time, we see him delivered from the brink of disaster by God, from situations where he would certainly perish or die or just fail to be David. But God steps in and helps deliver him from these times where He's facing fierce opposition and where he's out of control and, and, and where he just doesn't know how to, to make a way for himself. And it gives way to one of the most powerful pieces of scripture in the entire Bible. And that's found in Psalms 18 verse 2, where David says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Now, God is our ultimate safe space. David first refers to God as his rock, and he refers to God as my rock twice in this verse. Now, the rock was a symbol for a steady, unmoving force. Remember, Jesus called Peter the rock on which he would build his church. God is our foundational piece. He, he's what we should build our lives upon. So, that in times of trouble, when everything else seems to be shaky, when everything else seems to be moving out of our control, we know that at our base is an unmovable, steady force that loves us and is there to support us. And then David goes on to call God his fortress. Now, I want you to think of every medieval movie you've ever seen. For me, the one that stands out is Shrek. Uh, if you think about it, when Shrek has to go on his journey to find Princess Fiona, she's at the top of this tall tower. That's really the imagery, right? God is our fortress. He has us up in this tall tower away from harm. And he, he, he's there to protect us and he, he's got us there to, to make sure that, that no harm can come to us. The fortress is really uh, an image of security. Really, it's an image of security. Now, God is also referred to as a stronghold and shield. Both of these are military terms which should bring pictures of protection to our minds. 
And then finally, David calls him the horn of my salvation. See, the animal horn in this day and age was a sign of strength, a sign of strength. I bring up this verse because I want to tell you that in this time of uncertainty, in this time where you may be feeling completely out of control and just aren't sure the next step to take, that God can be all of these things for you. He can be a stable force. He can be your security and your strength. He can be your protection. But not just in this time, in all times. If you need stability, if you need security, if you need protection, strength, I want you to know that God has this to offer for you. He has it to offer for me. It's an offer available to each and every one of us. Know that. I I want you to, to be confident in that. And I wanted to share this scripture with you because I feel like it applies so well to the situation that we're currently dealing with. But we leave David now. And the reason that we leave David now is because I had one of those genius pastor moments where it dawned on me that the ultimate, the ultimate story of deliverance is represented by the empty tomb of Jesus. And as we celebrate Easter, the day that Jesus was risen from the dead, what more appropriate topic could we possibly talk about? We're going to be looking in Luke chapter 24 at his account of Jesus' resurrection. Now in Luke 24, verse 1 through 12, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be raised to the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back to the tomb, or from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Now here's the key verse in verse 11. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and went away wondering to himself what had happened. I'm going to go back to that verse 11. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. What does this tell us about the way that Jesus delivers us from our disaster? Well, it should tell us that what Jesus can do is completely outside of the realm of human comprehension. See, right now, you may not see a way. Well, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to understand how Jesus can make it work. You just need to have faith and trust that Jesus will make it work. Because he tells us that he works on our behalf and he tells us that, that he fights for us and that he wants what's best for us. And he has the same character of God the Father who loves us more than anything in the world. And we talked about scripture in the past couple weeks here where it talks about how if God can, can take care of the birds of the air and the grass of the field, how much more so will he take care of us? How much more so will he take care of you in this time? Now you have to understand about the disciples, see, they, they saw the death of Jesus. They know that he was ruthlessly beaten and that he was crucified. The, the worst way to possibly die. The worst way to possibly die. And in their minds, they know that no one can come back from that. It just can't happen. You see, but Jesus wasn't them. And Jesus isn't you and Jesus isn't me. Things that are impossible for us are not outside of the realm of possibility for Jesus. He has abilities that we just don't have. And Jesus had told his disciples time and time again that this would take place, that he would be handed over, that he would die, and on the third day he would rise again. And and yet still, they were unbelieving. Still, Peter was left to wonder what had actually happened. So my question to you today is this. Do you believe what God says that he will do? Do you believe that God will take care of you? Do you believe that God will provide for your needs? 
If the answer to that question is yes, wherever you're sitting right now watching this, I want you to say amen. I'll say it with you. Ready? One, two, three, amen. If you believe that God will do what he says he's going to do, say amen. As a confirmation of your faith in God the Father and Christ the Son and the Holy Spirit, say amen. Amen. Know that God can work for you in these times. God can and will deliver you in your time of need. If we just place our faith in him, if we just trust him in this time where everything else is outside of our control, if we will just lean on Jesus, on our foundation, on our rock, in these times where everything else beneath our feet is unsteady. I'm telling you today that I fully believe that God will find a way to make this situation work for you. I don't know how else to be more affirmative in that belief. You may not see it, you may not be able to comprehend it, but in God's name it will be done. See, God can make a way when there is no other. In Isaiah 43, 19, he says, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? This happens to all of us all the time. God's doing a new thing in our life, and we just don't see it. Maybe we're not looking for it. Maybe it's just that we can't comprehend that it can happen. But so often, God is trying to do something new in our lives. God is trying to give us a gift in a time where we feel like no good can possibly come, and we miss it. goes on to say in that verse, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, God's deliverance doesn't always come in the way that we hope it will. If we read on in Luke 24, we see Jesus walking on the road to Emmaus. He comes across Cleopas and, and one other disciple. And he strikes up a conversation with him, Cleophas does, with Jesus, not really understanding that is Jesus because it's beyond their comprehension that he could be there. And they open up to him about their disappointment. And we see this in, in Luke 24, 17, and I'll read on from there to 21. It says, he asked them, this is Jesus now, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days, listen to just the complete anguish and frustration and unbelief in Cleopas's voice. Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? He asked. That's Jesus. What, what things? What are you talking about? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Here's the key verse in 21. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. See, we set ourselves up for disappointment every time we put our expectations on Jesus. Every time we only allow Jesus to work in the certain specific box that we want him to work, we set Jesus up for failure and ourselves up for disappointment. And we look at our situation and we say, well, Jesus isn't working on my behalf. Well, maybe he is, but he's just not doing it in the exact way that you want to. Now, there's a joke and it's not a new joke. And I know I've even used this illustration before, but it, it works so well for this, this time and in this passage. And the joke goes like this. There's a man, he's in the middle of a river and he's drowning. And he thinks to himself or he even says out loud, God, I know that you will save me. And a few minutes later, a, a, a boat comes by and offers to pull him in. And he says, no, thank you. God is going to save me. And so the boat not being able to get him in moves along. And another boat comes and they offer him a life preserver. And he says, I don't want it. Jesus is going to save me. God is going to save me. I, I don't need it. And the boat tries, but unsuccessfully, and, and so they move on too. And he's still there treading water, and he's getting tired. And here comes this third boat. Now, the third boat is more persistent, and, and they throw the preserver out to him, but he just pushes it away. And they're trying to save his life, and he says, I appreciate what you're doing, but no thank you, because God is going to save me. So the boat moves on, and another boat doesn't come, and, and the man drowns. And he dies, and he goes to heaven. And when he gets to heaven... 
He asked God, he says, God, why didn't you save me? And God says, I sent you three boats. I sent you three boats. You see, so often we want God to work in such a specific, finite way that if it doesn't happen exactly like we want it to, we say that God has failed us. We say that God is not working on our behalf. When we do this, this isn't asking Jesus to move and it isn't even having faith that he will. And I'm not saying that we can't ask for a specific outcome in in specific circumstances. But I'm saying that we have to be open to the possibility that sometimes the things we want for ourselves are not the things that God wants for us in these times. And so we have to be open and willing to receive whatever it is that God is trying to teach us, whatever it is that God is trying to help us learn, whatever it is that God wants to give us. We have to be open to receiving those things. Because only allowing Jesus to work in one way is putting him in a box. And as I said before, Jesus so often works outside of our comprehension that if we do that, we're setting ourselves up for failure too. Because we'll miss out on the blessing that Jesus is trying to give us in this time. I don't want that for you. You see, Cleopas and his fellow disciples, they even though Jesus had explained it to him, even though Jesus had, had, had let them know that he wasn't there to do exactly what they wanted to be done, they still wanted white knight with sword on horseback leading the army Jesus. They wanted the, the land of Israel to be restored. They wanted their kingdom state again. They, they, they thought that Jesus was there to bring the Old Testament back to them, but, but he had something brand new. His concern wasn't their concern. See, Jesus' concern was sin. Not the expectations or the desires to be delivered in a certain way. It would be nice if this virus would just go away. It would be wonderful if tomorrow we wake up and the news story is, this virus just disappeared. Is God capable of that? I certainly think that he is. But there may be so many other things that he's wanting us to learn and be taught in this time. And there may be something inside of you that that doesn't sit well with because you feel like it's cruel or it's not loving. But I remind those of you that are having that thought that our current condition in humanity was brought on by our own sin, not by God's choices. So it would be great if this virus would just go away. It would be utterly amazing to open the pantry and find it just magically filled. It would be awesome for people who are struggling to pay their bills right now to find thousands of dollars that they, they didn't know that they had. But that may not be what God is looking to give you in this time. God may want you in isolation so that you can turn your focus back on him. He may want you to, to learn to swallow your pride and look to others for help in this time. There are so many ways that God is working. So many ways that God is doing good things for our community. A lot of you know, I I served in an outreach this week where we served over 400 families. These 400 families came from all different socioeconomic backgrounds. I, I can tell you that. But they were all hit the same by this virus. There was no high end and low end. There was no upper class and middle class and lower class. It was just people who needed help. Maybe God's trying to teach you that you're no better than anyone else at this time, that we're all equals and that we should love everyone the same. There's so many lessons that can be taken from this time and learned if if we'll just allow ourselves to be open to receiving those. And it may not go down exactly the way that we hope it will. And we may not find joy in having to ask others for help because we're so so self-sufficient and so determined to make it on our own. You might have had to cancel that trip, which I know some of you out there have had to do. You might have had to dip into savings, which I know some of you out there have had to do. You may have had to sell that prized possession, which I know some of you out there have had to do just to make it by. Maybe what you've learned is that those things, while nice, are not all that important 
when you're safe with your family and you all currently have your health. These aren't convenient truths, but maybe they're necessary ones. You see, God doesn't always give us what he wants. What, 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 God doesn't always give us what we want, but he will give us what, what we need. He will give us what we need. The third thing we learn about Christ's deliverance and God's deliverance from times of disaster is this. We have a guaranteed deliverance with Christ. We have a guaranteed deliverance with Christ. Luke 24, 45 through 49. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Jesus did this for his disciples. He, he clarified everything for them. He unfogged their minds, so to speak. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. He had to teach him this lesson again. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. You see, it was written that the Messiah must suffer at the hands of his enemies and then would rise on the third day. And it happened exactly as Jesus said it would. Just like with the Israelites time after time, things happened exactly the way that God said they would. And the land that he had promised them that was flowing with milk and honey was as beautiful and rich as he said that it was. Because when God says something, when Christ says something, when the Spirit is telling us something, we can trust it. We can know that it is true. This is indicative, this situation that the Messiah will suffer and rise in three days and the fact that it happened exactly the way that Jesus said it would, it is indicative of Jesus because what he says will happen, will happen. What he says will happen, will be. It will happen. And if God says it will be, then it will be. And what God is telling all of us out there right now and what he's told us since Jesus died on that cross, since he was willingly brutalized and murdered. And since that three days later that he rose and conquered the grave is that God loves you so much for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life whosoever. There's no class. It's all equal. Anyone out there listening to this today, regardless of your past, regardless of what you said about God two minutes ago, if you sought forgiveness from him right this second, it would be granted to you. It would be granted to you. And it's as easy as saying sorry. It truly is. It truly is. You see, this eternal life, this deliverance was won for you by the death and the resurrection of Christ. It was guaranteed for you by Christ because of God's love for you and Christ's love for you. In this life or the next, know that the battle has been won for you. See, I understand that many of you are, are, are struggling right now and concerned about how you're going to struggle how, how you're going to survive in this life and how you are struggling in this life. And I understand that. I, I truly do. But there's a question about eternity that we all have to answer that is so much more important than our struggle that we are currently facing. It's important that you know how to survive in this life, yes, but what does your eternity look like? See, this life is a single grain of sand in the earth's beaches, in all of the beaches put together. 
This life is a single grain of sand when we compare it to eternity. And God wants you to spend eternity with him. And Jesus wants you to spend eternity with him. See, Scripture tells us that all have sinned. That means me, the pastor, have sinned. And you want to talk about it, I'll talk to you about it sometime. But I'll probably sin worse than you have. That all of us have sinned and all of us fall short of the glory of God. But the gift he has to offer us is eternal life for whosoever believes in him, for whosoever chooses to place their faith in him, to trust him, he will be their deliverance. I believe that eternity is real. And that the most important thing that any of us can figure out in this life, in this single grain of sand, is where we are going to spend our eternity. I want you to spend your eternity with God and with Jesus in heaven and with me because I fully plan on being there. And I want to see you there too. If you confess your sins, if you ask for forgiveness of those sins and you place your faith in Jesus, then that is exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. So often God works outside of our comprehension beyond the things that we understand. And he doesn't always give us the answer that we hope that he would give us. But our deliverance is guaranteed in Christ. This Easter, Christ is risen just like he's risen every day and every Easter. My hope, my prayer is that you will find true deliverance from true disaster this Easter in Him. Oh, shame is a prison as cruel as a grave shame is a robber and he's come to take my name oh love is my redeemer lifting me up from the ground love is the power when my freedom song is found there ain't no
between death and life and there on the tree the lamb of god was crucified and he went on down to hell and he took back every key he rose up as a lion and he set all those captives free there ain't no went to battle for us on the cross. He went to battle for us by rising from the grave. And I'm so, so excited for that this morning. Uh, we're going to teach you a new song this morning. It's called You Cannot Be Stopped. It's perfect for this morning's message. You'll see a lot of the same kind of themes that we've been, already been singing about. And we're going to sing it throughout the series as well the, the next couple weeks. So um, get to know it this morning and sing along when you can. Um, it's a fantastic song called You Cannot Be Stopped. The dark tried to hide you and steal you away. Death tried to keep you inside of the grave. The enemy fought you. He tried, but he lost. You cannot be stopped, yes. When we cried for freedom, you tore down the walls. The weight of our burdens, you carried it all. Our fears and our failures hang dead on the cross. Amen. You cannot be stopped. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus has triumphed over the rain. Sing hallelujah. The battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. We stand on your victory. We shout out your praise. Miracle maker, you're mighty to save. Awesome in power, relentless in love. You cannot be stopped. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus has triumphed over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God there's nothing that can stop our God there's nothing that can stop our God there's nothing that can stop our God there is nothing there is nothing sing that there's nothing that can stop our God 
There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. No. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains, Jesus has triumphed over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Sing there's nothing that can stop one more time. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. We pray for you. God, we thank you that you are unstoppable. Death itself cannot stop you from what you seek to accomplish. Lord, what, what we face before us, the things that we feel are insurmountable, the challenges that lay ahead of us that seem like they are absolutely impossible, are possible with you. Lord, we lay at your feet every concern, every, every trial, every fear that we have. We lay it at the foot of the cross and we say, God, would you calm our fears? Would you take away our anxieties? And Lord, just to trust in you, just to double down on who you are and just to know that you are in control. God, we thank you for Easter and how it reminds us that you are unstoppable and that, that, um, that there is nothing that the devil can throw at you, at us, that would ever thwart your plans. Lord, we thank you that you foresaw COVID-19, this pandemic that's raging the world right now. You foresaw this years and years and years, thousands of years ago, and nothing is a surprise to you. We thank you, Lord, that you are now involving us in that story and that we have everything to be excited about during this time. We Lord, uh, thank you, Lord, for just being here with us this morning, worshiping you in this place. Um, we just give you control over the rest of our day and the rest of this week. Um, Lord, just be with us every day. Help us to feel your presence. In your name I pray, amen. Hey guys, one final word from me. This week on our Facebook page and possibly on our website, you're going to find a link to a Google form. That Google form is one of the ways I think that God wants to help deliver you from disaster in this time. I want you to know that as Crosspoint, we are deeply committed to making sure that our congregation is taken care of during this time. And that Google form is exactly how you can let us know of your need. It's private. No one will see that, but a few of our church leadership. And it will let us know about any need that you have right now in this time, from prayer to help with groceries, to help with going to get groceries, to whatever other thing that you might be able to fill in. If you have a need in this time, I want you to know that we want to help serve you and love you and be there for you without judgment, without expectation, but with a hopeful heart that you will trust us enough and that you'll put your faith in God in this time to know that we are here to help and that we truly, truly want to help. So if you have any need whatsoever, you can make your way to our Facebook page Fill out that form and let us know what need you may have. If you're out there and you're a member of our congregation and you know someone that has a need that, that's part of this congregation that maybe doesn't have a Facebook and you would like to fill out that form on their behalf, please do so. Again, this is a completely judgment-free zone. We just want you to know that you're loved and that we care about you. I'm going to end us with a prayer 
and then we'll all go about our way. Lord, I come to you right now, and I thank you for this day, and I would just ask that you help us all to trust you in this time where, again, we aren't really sure what's going to happen next, and where things aren't really going the way that most of us would want them to go. But Lord, we have hope in you because we have guaranteed deliverance through you. And it may not happen in the specific way that we want it to, and it may not happen in a way that we think possible, but God, you are a big, big God with a big, big heart for your people. Help those of us who can to to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this time, to minister to those who are in need, and to help our community around us get the things that they need so that they know that not only do we love them, but the God that we serve loves them as well. I pray blessings upon every person who is with us right now. Lord, we ask for your provision in this trying time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.